Welcome to Ditch the Classroom. This is your host, Ariana Vernier, and I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher turned business coach who is so passionate about helping fellow mamas like you ditch the classroom and pursue your big, hairy, scary dreams. Imagine a life where you could still impact the world, but do so while following your passions and spending more time with your babies. In Ditch the Classroom, we'll explore ways you can do just that. Myself, guest experts, and amazing teachers who have also built a successful business will share tools, tips, and resources to help you ditch the classroom too. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Digital Classroom Podcast. We have a special guest here with us today, Carrie Flynn. She was a teacher for 15 years and now is a launch strategist. So I'm super excited for y'all to hear her story today. And let's just go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Carrie. Hi. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. I would love if you could just kind of start us out with sharing a little bit about your teaching journey. I already mentioned you were a teacher for 15 years, but talk a little bit about what brought you into teaching and what you taught and that that kind of stuff. Well, I started teaching probably in 2000. I'm really going to age myself here. 2005 or 2006. I can't remember, but I, I honestly, this is going to sound bad. I got into teaching not because like I felt called to be a teacher, but more or less because it was at the time a really good kind of secure option. Back then it was very different than it is now, but secure option in terms of uh, having a career. Mm -hmm. And I really was, I was only like 23 or 24 at the time I just gotten married and I was really looking for something to be steady and secure. And so I ended up going into interviews for teaching, even though I didn't have a teaching degree, I had a psychology degree, but at the time you could start teaching and then take classes or do a program to help you, you know, become certified and get all the requirements. And so I started teaching in 2006 in the public school setting when we moved back to Florida. I'm from Florida. And initially I started in middle school, which now is like laughable. But at the time I was like, Ooh, that'll be fun. But I taught eighth grade us history for about five, five years, and then ended up going to teach high school for a few years. I taught 11th and 12th grade, like us history and us government and economics, like in the social studies And then when my oldest daughter turned five and was ready to go to kindergarten, I wanted to be on the same schedule as her. So I ended up certifying in elementary ed and moved down to elementary. And that's where I stayed until I left. I taught fifth grade for about four or five years. And then I did, I was always gifted certified. So I did gifted just only the last three or four years. So I've sort of taught a lot of different things and been a little bit all over the place, but that's kind of how I got into it and did it for a long time. And I think the part I liked about it was the relationships that you get to build. And I was on the same schedule at the time. I only had one child, but then I had my second daughter in 2016. And it was nice to be on the same schedule as them. And, and I could finish my day, you know, at basically I was done at like four and that was nice. And so for a long time, the reason why I stayed and why I did it was for them because it kept them on a steady schedule. And that was important because my husband travels every week for his work. So we needed somebody to be (laughs) having a predictable. (laughs) And at the time we needed, we were not 
it was not possible for us to be a one income home. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I did it and why I stayed. Yeah, that was the same for me. I started teaching and my husband, once I got pregnant, he was like, you know, we, we need your income. So either you stick with teaching or you figure something else out. So thank you for sharing that with us. Can you talk a little bit about what led you to wanting to ditch the classroom, especially after, you know, teaching for a good amount of time, what kind of pushed you to pursue something else? It started really when I had my second daughter, I was an older mom. I had my old first daughter when I was 27. And then I had my youngest at 35 almost. So when she was born, I I was at the point she, that was 2016, you know, like, like things were a little bit just crazy in our world at that point. And I was just like, you know, I was, I wasn't able to really, I'd hit the point where if I didn't move into administration, I wasn't going to really be able to progress anywhere. And my money, my income that I was bringing in wasn't going to improve in any way. Like there just was no more growth opportunities. And to be honest with you, like I didn't get into teaching for like being called to teach. So I was, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And it didn't feel like, so there's all of that in play. So when my youngest daughter was born, I just felt like I wasn't able to really use a lot of my gifts and I wasn't able to really be challenged. I like to be, I can get bored pretty easily. And I just felt like I was sort of living on autopilot. And I honestly, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I just wanted to have more income and more financial security. And I felt like I wasn't able to do that. And so that's really where it started. And that's how I ended up in 2017. I think my youngest was only about six months old when I finally was like, okay, I'm going to start as a, I ended up starting as a virtual assistant. And that's how I got into it was just, just because I wanted to have a little bit more money in our budget. That was where we, that was the first reason, the biggest, I would say. Yeah. That's a lot of people. They just start it as a side hustle, but then, mm-hmm. you know, it can scale and replace and exceed your income. So that's amazing. So can you, can you share a little bit with us about the journey from deciding like it's time to leave to where you are now? Well, initially I didn't have any plans to leave. Like the first probably gosh, year or two was like, okay, I'm just going to do this around my teaching job and bring in more money. And Mm -hmm. then probably in 2019 was when my husband and I probably it was definitely prior to COVID. So having those convert, we started to talk about my business. I had, I had shifted away from VA being a VA and moving into working with clients who launch at that point. And I was starting to get some traction and it was growing and there was just not enough time in the day to do both. And so that conversation started to happen. And initially we were like, okay, how can we like ease you out without having to do like a hard stop. So the initial conversation was at the time, anyway, the district I was in offered like what are called job shares. So you can have a job share. And at the time I was teaching gifted. So doing a job share where you and one other person essentially work one teaching job. So one of you is 50, it's either 50, 50, or you can do a 60, 40 split. So one of you's either there 
three days a week and the others there too, or you can do a 50, 50, where you just divide the number of teaching days in half and create your schedule. And at the time that was a great option. So uh, originally I wanted to do it, you know, much sooner, but it just didn't feel right. And so by the time that it, we literally right before COVID, probably that February, I had to make that decision about so I informed my principal at the time, okay, this is what I want to do for the next school year. This is in early 2020. And that's how it started was, okay, we're going to do this and see. And that phasing out made me a little bit more comfortable and it gave me more time, but it also gave me like, okay, I still have this job. And if I wanted to go back into full-time, I could, if I wanted to. So I still had the best of both worlds. And that, that did work for me because I, I still needed to have income, some secure income, mm-hmm. but in order to really make a go of business, there's going to be a, not a time where you're going to have to kind of take a risk on that. Definitely. It's not fun, but it's <laughs> part of it. And so <laughs> it's not fun for me anyway. I'm not, I'm pretty risk averse. So, but that was the, that was how it started. And, you know, something that we did do and then how I decided to leave was we ended up deciding to move and we built a house and it took about seven months. So that next school year where I was doing the part-time, you know, I was that whole year, our house was being built. So that was like a really good having that long-term goal, knowing that we were going to move and I didn't want to teach in a new district. Mm-hmm. That was a good like thing to have to really gas me up in terms of like, okay, we're going to make sure that we're doing the steps that we need to do to get to the goal where I feel okay about it. And so by the time that I, we moved and I was done teaching, I was in a really good spot. I love how Cause so everybody's story of ditching the classroom is different. Mine is completely different. I was planning to go back to teaching after the first year of my daughter's life. And during that first year, I was just going to nanny or deliver groceries, something to like sort of supplement, but probably not even come yeah. close to replacing, but then God has different plans, but it's, it's so cool to hear your journey of really taking like taking steps towards it, not just dropping it completely. And that's, I think that's really going to be inspiring for my listeners who need to do this as a side hustle and work towards Mm -hmm. becoming the full-time virtual assistant instead of just jumping 100%. And it's really cool to hear your story and hear that it can be done. For sure. Yeah. And there's lots of, I always, when people, that's a very common thing that people want to know. Cause I, I actually built my business to six figures while I was still teaching. That's so amazing. people ask me about that all the, well, how did you do it? I'm like, well, that exactly what you just said. Like we were very, I was a little bit more methodical about it, but there's no really wrong way to do it. Everybody's story is unique to, to you and yeah. to them. So this is just another option or, and you can do, I know lots of people that choose to stay or go back to their careers and that's okay too. (laughs) That's what you end up deciding to do and keeping your business as a side business or as a, something you work outside of your teaching job too. Yeah. What would you say was the biggest thing you had to overcome in the transition from being a teacher to full-time entrepreneur? The hardest thing for me, I'm, I really like routines and I'm a big on kind of having predictable like schedules. And that was really 
kind of surprising to me how hard it was for me to transition out of having a very predictable schedule every day to now I'm I'm the CEO of my own business. So it's like, I'm the one that decides what my schedule is going to look like. And that was, that was a bigger trend. That was difficult for me personally at the beginning. You know, I've only been full-time since May of last year. So it hasn't been a, even a full year yet. So, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, it's crazy. But that, that was the biggest part for me. The other was just, we had a lot of life things happen. So, and then of course, summer, I have two kids and so they're home with me. And so it's hard to get on a good routine Mm -hmm. And when you have some, we had a death in the family and then all of this stuff's happening, it's extremely challenging mindset wise to also deal with. So both that and the mindset stuff that I was dealing with at the time was pretty difficult. So it took me, you know, a few months to really kind of get into my groove a little bit and Mm -hmm. be okay with the fact that I have to be the one to do it. And I'm the one holding myself accountable. Nobody else is holding me. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing that was difficult is just when you go from being in a place where there's other people to being at home, you know, you're still at your house. And so it's hard. It's a little hard to transition to being home all the time. I work completely online and I don't really have a lot of physical interaction with people right now. So that is a a challenge in itself. You have to be a little bit more intentional about, you know, separating yourself from your home stuff Mm -hmm. and setting really good boundaries about, because people will want to think that you can just drop everything and do stuff because you're home. I still have a job. I still have work that I have to get done, right? And even right. though I'm home, <laughs> I can't drop everything and bring my kids something in the middle of the day, for example. <laughs> and that's and that's hard. That's tough. So you have to be having having those boundaries. Is that was that's been challenging for me, but I've I've come a long way for sure. It's gotten a lot better. Can you? I know what a launch strategist does, but I would love yeah. if you could just kind of explain to my listeners who might not know what that is. Can you kind of explain what you do as a launch strategist? So what I do pretty much, we help clients who are in the online space to create, design, and launch their online programs. So what that means is, is we help them to, with strategy support, we help them to develop the ideas, develop a plan, a marketing plan, or what have you. And these are all people that are coming into the online space, either having a business already, or maybe they're launching something online for the first time. So it could be a course, could be a membership online. Maybe it's a coaching program or could be a mastermind, you know, something that where they're, where they're putting it in the online space in some capacity. And we really just help them sort of develop a plan. We help them to put together all the pieces that they need to launch and then have the program. So it could be a sales page, a landing page, the tech piece, all the things. There's lots of moving parts, helping them to set those up and design them. And then we actually help them to manage the launch if they need that. So we manage the actual launch part. So when they put their thing out into the world, they open the doors to their program where they allow people to buy their course for the first time, there's typically a like live launch period for that. 
And we support them through that process. So we normally work with people anywhere from eight to 12 weeks, and we're really just supporting them and doing all the things for them. And how I got into that was because I was working with people as a VA and then as an OBM, and they were all launching things. And so I naturally fell into that by the people I was working with and learned a lot about it. And then that's where kind of where it started. I love that you shared that piece specifically that you didn't really start out knowing that that's what you were going to do. Cause I was the same. I offered so many different services when I first started and it wasn't until one client was like, Hey, can you design a website for me? I'm like, sure, I'll figure that out. And now that's what I do. So it's so much fun once you really find your groove and you can take that time to really explore and see what lights you up and what you love to do. For sure. I was an OBM and a VA for a long time before I finally leaned into just the launching piece. Mm -hmm. So it took me, what definitely was not something I figured out like (laughs) overnight. It took me a couple of years to really be comfortable with that and be okay with leaning into it. But that's the, that's the beauty of running your own business is you can can pivot whenever the heck you want to. Yes. That's the goal. It's challenging. And there's always opportunities for growth. Yeah, definitely. So what resources really helped you in your digital classroom journey? So there's a lot of things. I would say the biggest thing for me is I had a, a very, my husband's in corporate space. He's in sales and marketing, but he was always really, really supportive. He, he would see the potential And he's very smart about marketing and sales. And so just having somebody who has a different strength area than me, but also just being very supportive, he helped me give me time. Like when I needed it, when I was working my business all those years while Mm -hmm. teaching, he, when he was home, he was helping me to give me the time that I needed. He was not judgmental or questioning or he was always really supportive. He would challenge me and give me ideas. And so he was right there supporting me. He was never intimidated by my ambition or my drive or even my successes that I've had. He's never been intimidated by that. And so that helps a ton because it doesn't make me feel like I have to like shrink myself or right not share things or hide things, which is super helpful. But honestly, the other thing that really helped too was I was always looking for ways to improve and get development and get help. I never attempted to do anything all by myself. And I was open to the fact that it was going to take, you know, work and being willing to push myself outside of my comfort zone. So I am a huge proponent of investing in yourself. Like that is the only reason why I am here outside of my support in my home is because I was willing to invest in myself and get coaching or get, get into a membership or a course or something. And I didn't drop a million dollars at the beginning. I started investing smaller. And then as my business grew, I would invest more and invest and to hire programs to, to the point now where I'm in a high level mastermind now, which I wouldn't have been able to do two or three years ago. So mm-hmm. that is important. If you're going to really take your business, that business seriously, and you're not investing in yourself, like you're not going to be able to, to get to a serious level of growth using freebies 
or really, really low ticket things. Like at some point you're going to need to get some coaching or get into a group program or mastermind or even a paid membership, something does that had a huge impact on me? Yeah, I agree. 100%. I think investing is one of the scariest things you can do, but it's the best thing you can do for your business. It's the best, one of the best for sure. And you don't have, like I said, you don't have to do, you know, you don't have to pay $10,000 when you're at the beginning, you can find something that is a little bit more affordable and you don't have to go kill your credit score right. to do that. Most of the st- most of the stuff that I have invested in, I pay cash for. So you, I've very rarely used credit cards to do that. So you can absolutely do it. And it just takes, you can, like I did with leaving teaching, you can do the same with investing in yourself where you sort of ease your way into yep. price points and levels. Like you may not need a high level mastermind when you're starting, but maybe there's a group program or a, me- a membership that you can get into or something, you know? Yep. And for my listeners who are interested, obviously, in starting their virtual assistant businesses, that's why they listen to this show. You can also take an inventory of your house. Can you sell a couple things to purchase a program to learn how to become a virtual assistant? Can you cut out Starbucks for a month or two? Like, what can you do to kind of build that in that amount slowly so that you have the money to invest and that investment's going to return to you tenfold. Yeah. I used to take back in the day, before when I used to get re- refunds from taxes, <laughs> I don't really get those anymore, but when I did, we would take inventory and that would be the time for me to set it. My husband and I wouldn't decide if any of that money we could set aside for an investment you know what I mean? Or yeah. a lot of programs offer really generous payment plans mm-hmm. that are very affordable monthly too. Yeah. So there's lots of options. You don't have to pay in full if you don't want to. Yep. And shameless plug my course, Teacher Turn Freelancer Academy. We have a payment plan. So I got oh, you yes. back. And join that. That's the one you should join <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> so If someone wanted to start their digital classroom journey, but they just felt too overwhelmed, what would you tell them? Well, first and foremost, if you're overwhelmed, you're probably looking at the huge big picture and you're probably like me thinking about all the what ifs, like what if this, what if that? And that's like the, that you really don't want to do that because if you try to look at it from the the macro view, it, it will overwhelm you. Like if I knew everything that was going to happen to me in my business at the beginning, I probably wouldn't have started because it would have overwhelmed me because it is a very, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a big journey that you're going to go on. And what you want to do instead is look at the next first things or the next thing that you can do. And I early on adopted a mantra from a movie that actually a former gifted teacher friend of mine told me about, I think it's called Meet the Robinsons. But in that movie, it's a Disney movie. And they talk about the motto of that family was keep moving forward. And so that's important. Like one of the things that you can always do is just keep moving forward. Even if it's small, taking actionable steps forward. And it's like anything else, you're going to see an ROI on that. You're just not necessarily going to notice it today. But if every day you're taking actionable steps towards X goal, whatever that is, you're going to get somewhere further than you are right now. And I think those two things are really important. It's not advisable from me, especially at the beginning, to take a bird's eye view of all of that. It will, it will freak you out. 
And there's reasons why we can't see certain things because we just can't handle it in our brains. That's we just can't. So just start at start somewhere, keep moving forward. And imperfect action is so much more powerful than waiting till everything's right to be. If you're waiting for everything to be right, you'll never go anywhere. You'll just be like the hamster on the wheel. It's like Dory says, just keep swimming, keep taking just those baby steps. Swimming. And just you'll go. Get there. Yes. A lot of the people who are successful in business just go. Yeah. They don't think about it too much. So even if you're like me, I tend to be, I'm much more risk averse, but I will say that has had a, I, I will still tend to go even if I'm like scared, <laughs> I'll just do it because you, if you wait, you won't, you, if you wait to feel good about it, sometimes you won't, you'll never go anywhere. Right. So do you have any resources that you think would be helpful for my listeners? Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I offer to people, if they, I have a couple of things, one of them is I do like kind of short-term and long-term consulting, like strategy calls or pick your brain sessions that a lot of times people will, in the, especially in the service-based business space, like virtual assistants, people, or if you're a teacher or former teacher, people will want to come and talk to me about stuff. And I'm happy to like share my insight and experience. And they're totally done on an hourly basis, or you can do it two to three month commitment if you would prefer, like there's lots of options. And then I have a couple of like smaller resources that we have that I've shared with people as well. One of them is called the effortless leads framework, which is just a way that I consistently market my business online without ads. It's just relationship marketing strategies that I learned over the years. And so it's a really good, simple, easy way to start connecting with people in Facebook groups and LinkedIn, wherever, you know, it works anywhere and helps you to start building, you know, nothing too scary. If you're just getting started or if you're kind of introverted or overwhelmed by the idea of building relationships and marketing your services, this is a good way to like figure out how to do it and just start. Awesome. I will make sure to have that linked in the show notes for those listening. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you today, Carrie. Where can people come and connect with you, learn more and just follow along your journey? The best place on social is Instagram at virtual simplicity is our Instagram. And that's where I share like business stuff, personal, it's all there. And then if you want to look at our website, it's virtualsimplicity.co, C-O. And that's a good one if you're curious about more of our services and my business and how I run things and all that good stuff is on our website. Perfect. Thank you so much for blessing my audience. I cannot wait for them to hear this episode. I know they're going to love all the nuggets of wisdom you shared. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Of course. All right, y'all. If you love this episode, make sure to go and connect with Carrie. Show her some love for coming on the show. Leave a review on the podcast. That's how we get more amazing guests just like her. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. 
Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and review, and check out the show notes for a free gift to help you ditch the classroom. If you loved today's episode, can you help me share the message by taking a screenshot, tagging me on Instagram at ariana.vernier, and sharing it with your friends so we can help more mamas ditch the classroom and follow their dreams. Until next week, y'all, keep following the dreams that were placed in your heart so you too can ditch the classroom.